You're listening to the Lead 'em Up Podcast, powered by Chick-fil-A. Thank you for hanging with us today. I'm Adam, alongside, as always, Kyle Almendorf, representing the Lead 'em Up team. And Kyle, today we are jumping into the dynamic. And oh, is it ever so much a dynamic? Absolutely. It's, it's a big one. Just really the dynamic between underclassmen and upperclassmen on the team environment, especially when these underclassmen are alphas in many ways, maybe through a talent perspective that they get limelight, they get spotlight, they get minutes. And then you have seniors who have earned their way through the program. They've, they've been in the program many years. And then there's this and they think this is the year that is their time to shine. And maybe they're having to share minutes with that underclassman, share spotlight with that underclassman. And sometimes it doesn't always go over well. Sometimes the underclassmen don't always treat the upperclassmen with the level of respect that maybe that senior feels they should get. And maybe the senior doesn't always give the amount of love that that sophomore who's playing performing, contributing, feels like they should get. And all of a sudden, you've got these two kind of dynamics here. And a lot all, of tension. Oh, my goodness. It is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a handful of teams. And I have a team right now, specifically, where it is absolutely showing up. Kyle, you've been around the, you've been around the block for many, yeah, many man. years. You can feel that when when that happens on a team. You can almost walk in and sense that tension and maybe animosity is a little bit strong of a word, but there's absolutely it can get to that. It can get to that. It can get to the animosity and resentment. Yeah, if it's not handled quickly in the right way, it it builds to that, you know, level absolutely. And where does that responsibility fall? I think is a really good question of who should take on that responsibility first. Is it going to be the upperclassmen or the underclassmen? So what do you think? Where, where would you say that that initial responsibility <laughs> lies? Oh, great question. Great question. So I think it's more complicated than just one versus the other. Okay. Right. Uh, I think there's a little more nuance to it than that. And, and I'll share kind of, what I think the approach needs to be, but I I will say it has to be addressed early on and, and it, and it has to be, there needs to be a a level of foresight from the coach's perspective, knowing the possibility of this dynamic being a real dynamic that impacts teams that damages teams, if not handled right. So there needs to be an evaluation of your current roster, your current, playing time, your current leadership presence, the personalities, the the fanfare from the community, okay, from the student population, you need to do an evaluation on all of it and really look to see, do I run the risk this year of having this type of imbalance and, and potential interpersonal conflict on our team based on a variety of different things? A couple of years ago, one of my, my early teams it was a basketball team and we had two stud stud freshmen stud freshmen talk better, of the better than the upperclassmen right that kind of level uh talent wise as a freshman i would say both freshmen 
the starting lineup of this basketball team was three seniors and two freshmen. Gotcha. And the two freshmen probably both were a hair better than all three of the seniors. Yeah. Okay. So, and these freshmen were highly touted. They were highly talked about. The the paper did a story about the fanfare and the, you know, these two phenom freshman types. Um, one's playing in the big East right now. Mm-hmm. The other's playing in the ACC. Right. So these, these players had like big time D one potential right out of the gate, but also they're freshmen and potential and all of that is cool. But like at the end of the day, these seniors, they, they'd been through it. They had spent years in this program and this was now their time to get a little bit of love, to get the spotlight, to get that attention. Yeah. They don't have sudden, three more years of it. No. So then all of a sudden they've been playing in the shadows of previous upperclassmen. It finally becomes their time to shine, to get the attention, to get all the minutes. And there were a couple of seniors that were like the sixth and seventh person coming off the bench that, you know, maybe thought they were going to be playing more, but obviously took a back seat there. So all of this happens. And now they're having to give some of that, that attention and praise and celebration over to these two that just came in. Mm -hmm. And it was tough. It was, yeah, it was absolutely. tough. It was a really, really tough struggle that entire year. And, and it, I will say fast forwarding through it, we, we did get through it. Actually, we made it to the state championship at the Xfinity center. We did not win state championship, but we got really close. We made it like for all intents and purposes. I think we reached our full potential because remember, that's always one of the keys you want to grade yourself on. Not so much exactly. wins and losses. Like, did you get the most out of the team? we got the most out of the team and shout out to their head coach. He did an incredible job and the leadership dynamic, man, I'm happy. I was there to really kind of play alongside because it almost required a full-time role. There was weekly conversations and daily conversations and constantly, but I say all this part of the, the role of me being there. We talked about it from day one. We evaluated the roster we envisioned this playing out. We started addressing it before it even became a thing, before the paper even wrote about the players, before the freshmen balled out for double doubles in games and everybody was wanting to talk to them after the game and not the seniors. We, we started addressing this really early on. So from coaches, that's the first thing. And I will answer your question, Kyle, like whose responsibility? The first thing we need to do, though, is we need to evaluate to make sure if this is going to be a thing, we've got to get out in front of it. We've got to start talking about it. We've got to start having these conversations. We need to start discussing it with all the parties, getting them to understand what they're going to be entering into, the dynamic. We've got to begin sharing stories of other teams that have failed in this area, other teams that have ruined the possibilities of what we could create and become because they couldn't get through this. We want to start painting those pictures and telling those stories. So our players know if we don't get this right, it has the potential to ruin it for everybody. Right. Ruins it for everyone. And if the team's not healthy, you won't be healthy. Senior. The team's not healthy. You freshman star will not be healthy. We got to make sure the team is healthy first because that when the team is healthy, everything else falls in line. So for us, Kyle, we had to, we had to evaluate it. We did. 
And we began early on, out of the gate, beginning to have these conversations and not going so overboard where it became like this constant elephant in the room where it just became uncomfortable and no one felt like, but we did need to start talking about it. Yeah. I think that the two keys right there that, that as coaches, we should maybe pause and take some notes on this is, and I've seen this before the natural tendency, a lot of the times when you're coming to a dynamic like this, because it's so hard, especially for the coach when you're, because you know, you're going to be dealing with parents and community members who are of the senior parents. And then you also have the kind of the hype and, and the buildup and what's to come and what can happen with these younger players. And, you know, their parents don't necessarily want to take a back seat. That kid doesn't want to take a back seat. And sometimes there's the tendency of, well, we're going to cross that bridge when we get there. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And, and when you do that, it's going to blow up real quick. And that bridge isn't even going to be there when you're, when you're getting ready to cross it. And you have to get out in front of it, like you said. And I think for coaches, we need to take that is make sure this should go on early on because unless they transfer in right before the season, you know, and you have an indication of like, this is going to be a dynamic on next year's team. We should start talking about it in the off season, in the summer, get out ahead of it. And I think the other part there is while we say that we also don't want to go too overboard and make something a bigger problem than what it already is. Yep. yep. Or make it just awkward and uncomfortable and disingenuous. So for right. example, we never brought those five starters in together as a five and discussed it like that. Right. It was never discussed like that. Cause that I think drives to disingenuous. Now it's awkward. It's forced. It's, it's fake. It's forced. It's fake. We never did that. So to answer your question, who starts it, you've got to, once you, uh, I evaluate that this, this is on the radar for us. All right. We need to jump in and start attacking this. So at this point we need to start addressing it with both groups individually and begin preparing and teaching them how each of them individuals, how each individual needs to approach this season. Mm -hmm. So having one-on-one -on -one conversations with the freshmen and, and letting them know, Hey, let me just, let me give you some help on this. Let's talk through some of this. You know, you're obviously going to come in here and you're going to get a lot of attention. Rightly so, man, we're so excited to have you. And, and you're going to play a huge role on this team. And you're going to do it from day one, even as a freshman. And then there's going to be a lot of people talking about you. I just, we need to discuss a few things because, you know, at the end of the day, we also, we've got a group of seniors that are really talented that, that we're really going to lean on and count on that have been through this program. And you're going to have to find this balance. I'm just giving you a heads up. You're going to have to find this balance of, you know, coming in and making your name known and, and really establishing who you are while at the same time honoring your seniors. And you're going to need to do that because one, it's the right thing to do. Two, it's what you would want to have happen if you were a senior. And three, it's going to help make sure that we are moving in the direction we need to in a healthy manner. You've got to honor these seniors because we wouldn't be where we are as a team, as a program. We wouldn't be recognized throughout the county if it wasn't for the work that they've done and never disregard it. And one of the things that I'll ask and tell freshmen in these settings as we're talking about, I'll say, what are some ways in your opinion you think you could honor them? And, right, and, that's a great question. And, and give them, you know, give them some, 
you know, opportunity to try to process this. But some ways that they can honor those seniors is, you know, really show a hunger to learn from them. Right. Ask questions. Ask questions. Like, in many ways, show them that, like, you recognize that they've experienced stuff, have gone through stuff. Ask them questions. Demonstrate that humility to them that you don't think you know it all, that your ego's too big to get better. Like, be very eager to learn and, and, and ask them to help you on things. Ask them questions. When we go on the road against a big opponent, ask them what that atmosphere is going to be like. Hey, you've been through this, man. Hey, tell me, what, what's this going to be like? Help me out. Do that. What a great way to honor their experience and, and get off on the right foot with them by doing that. Right? Find moments to deflect praise from you is the second thing that we'll often share. Yep. To deflect praise off you and give it to them. Give it to them. Share the Listen, spotlight. Share the spotlight. I'm going to tell you right now, you're a freshman and you're really good. I want you to fully believe me right now. Oh, you've got years of spotlight coming to you. You have years of spotlight and attention coming to you. I promise. Don't feel the need to hog it this year. Right. Share that with those seniors. Don't feel the need to hog it. Trust me. You're trust me. You're going to get yours. I want you to grow up. I want you to continue to develop. I want you to have a great year. But I want you to honor those seniors. I want you to, you know, show humility. Allow them to mentor. See how much learning you can get from them this year. I want you to, to give some praise at various moments during the season to them. Acknowledge the role that they've played. I'm going to tell you, it's the right thing to do. It's what you would want uh, a, a young person to do if you were in the flip position and exactly. three, three, it's going to help make our team healthy. And guess what? When our team is healthy, <laughs> you win. Exactly. You win as a freshman. You're yeah. You look at, you're looked at now as part of like the, the missing piece to the puzzle. You came in, worked hard, contributed at a high level. And for me, it goes back to that word you shared a couple of times. There is humility you know, not only from their side, but then I'm sure we'll talk about the upperclassmen as well. Humility is the thing that's going to make this work from both sides going back and forth here. This is Jason Barnes from Chick-fil-A, and this is your leadership nugget. Michael Jordan said, my best skill was that I was coachable. I was a sponge and aggressive to learn. Being coachable is an essential skill everyone needs to possess. When we receive instruction, feedback, or correction, our job is to take what someone's giving us and use it to get better. When you are teaching other leaders or new and existing employees, ensure you start with the expectation that everyone needs to be coachable in order to learn. Be like Mike and be a sponge. Soak up what you are being taught. Always be willing to learn and get better. When you get better, everyone around you gets better. Now, let's jump back into the episode. So, so those conversations early on with the underclassmen, one-on-one, not bringing it into the group setting, right? Not like bringing everyone and making them, you know, do these forced, you know, exercises like that. Just having a genuine conversation, acknowledging the dynamic, that it's a real dynamic, reminding them of stories of, of teams that don't get it right and how they, they end up all losing when that happens and having those conversations and then monitoring it pretty closely. 
right. praising moments where you see that happening, asking them, hey, you know, how's that going, that conversation, and just feeling it, being very consciously aware and that social awareness of them looking at interactions where they're having conversations and maybe the underclassman is asking for feedback from the upperclassmen, maybe about a set on offense afterwards, then, hey, hey man, I love how you asked that question of so-and-so. I love that. Love that. Great. Juan, you got better because you got a good answer. Also, it's a great way of you honoring them. Great job. Now, all of a sudden, like, okay, more momentum's going to go. But we also simultaneously are having these conversations with the seniors. And the conversation is different, but it's equally as important. And for the conversations with the seniors, one, we need to make sure they know that we need them to help bring those freshmen into the fold bring them. We want you to help kind of bring them in and make them comfortable. Embrace the mentor relationship that you're about to have, because they're going to be the legacy that you leave behind on who they become. That's a great call out, right? And that's part of it. Reminding them that if you can lead them up this year, if you really can, if you can do a great job leading them up, showing love to them, right? Giving some attention and some of your energy, Giving that, one, it's going to help move our team forward. And once again, if we win, we all win, right? So yeah, it's going to help move us into healthy. But it also is going to allow you, to your point, then kind of speak about the legacy. That like, hey, you played a role in this. And, and then you also need to remind them, this once again, same thing with the freshmen upwards. It's the right thing to do. And this is what you would want done to you. It's that classic golden rule, right? Exactly. You know, when you were a freshman, if seniors went out of their way to support you, to like speak to you and build you up and bring you around and show love to you, like it made your day. It made your day when you were a freshman getting that type of love from the veteran. Oh, absolutely. You have the ability to kind of give that to so-and-so. And, and honestly, that's an opportunity. That's a privilege. And that's one you should absolutely be leaning into. So one, it's better for our team. Two, it's the right thing to do, right? Three, it's what you would want done unto you. You've got to show them love and bring them in. You got to show them love and, and let's have fun with it. So, you know, talk, you know, hopefully it gets to the point where like the seniors have good, healthy levels of joking and, and kind of ribbing on the young folks, you know, the young bucks on the team, right? Yeah. It's all just playful, good, playful, good hearted, can't cross over a line because we don't want to enter into a clowning culture. So we don't want that to become toxic, but just good, healthy. Right. And then, you know, freshmen, like hopefully it stays in a good place where you can joke about them just being the old man, you know, like, what are you you not playing (laughs) back to backs this year? You know, like what's the deal? (laughs) Come on, grandpa. Come on, grandpa. I know it's back to back. I know it's tough. Right. Are you on load management? You know, things (laughs) of that nature. Right. Have some fun with it. And if you can get it right, that's how it'll actually play out. Right. You'll, You'll actually have this fun dynamic of like youthfulness and veteran. But you also need to. And one thing that really helped us was casting a vision of what championship teams often look like. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I was going to go with this is to answer the earlier question for me, it doesn't start with the underclassmen or the upperclassmen. It starts with us as coaches because we're the adults and we're the guides and and we can kind of see a little bit in the future, maybe more so than the kids can. So it has to start with us. 
So you have the conversations individually with the underclassmen and the upperclassmen. It's like you're prepping them. And then you get to the vision casting, which for us is the green team. And it's, it's like leading them down a path and getting them to provide the answers that you want them to do. But then they get to that moment in the green team and all of a sudden it's their idea. Mm. They're the ones that came up with it. They're the ones that created it. Meanwhile, before they got to that point, you were casting the vision to them of, okay, this is what it looks like for you in your role as an underclassman, how you are going to be green and how you can get this team to that level. This is what it looks like for you as an upperclassman. Then they get in that room and they answer the question, that guiding question that we always ask them is, why are you playing? Besides just playing the sport that you love, why are you playing a team sport? What's your ultimate goal of what you want to get out of this? And they're going to agree on the same thing. And then now when they start to put that vision together, it's something that's collaborative that they can kind of start seeing that that puzzle come together and where their role fits in that dynamic. Mm -hmm. And, and then as you go through the whole season, coaches, you just have to, I mean, your emotional intelligence has to be sky high. It really does. You've got to be so locked into the vibe and the energy in the team, but you've got to have your finger on the pulse greater than ever. You've got to pay very close attention to body language You've got to pay close attention to facial expressions. You've got to take note in moments where you are praising the freshman or the underclassmen. You have to simultaneously be looking at the upperclassmen to see how they are responding in their own, right? Do they put their head down? Do they even get the slightest bit of an eye roll? Like, oh, there they go again, praising the freshman. Do you sense any of that? You've got to pay very close attention to it and manage it and balance it really well. That if you begin to sense it going one way or the other, then adjust it and and get it back calibrated. I think a really important part of that, Adam, too, for for coaches to think about it. And we talk about this in our presentations that we're doing at, at the Glacier Clinics right now in football. But one, don't be so caught up in being the alpha realize that you need to enroll the help of your coaching staff in this, that you have so much going on. If you're the head coach, no matter what level of it's JV freshman, have people look out for it as well. What are, have those conversations as a coaching staff. Like this is something that constantly needs to be monitored, have everyone's eyes and ears on it because you're not probably going to see something. You might be focused on what's going on on the court and you don't see someone do something positive behind you on the bench. Give the authority to that assistant to call it out and praise it, to reinforce it, to bring it to your attention. And to that regard, too, I think if you have a really good individual who serves on your, you know, kind of coaching staff as a student manager or someone that you really trust in that regard, have them kind of take notes or maybe make tallies of things that they're seeing, share that with you later on. But now they have a higher stake in the team, higher investment in the team. And sometimes as coaches, we can look at it like, ah, I've got so much on my plate. How am I going to be able to manage this? How am I going to be able to look after it and address it with this person and that person? And the answer is you don't. Talk about it amongst your staff, make it a staff issue and give them some authority and ownership over speaking to it as well. So it's not all on your plate as a head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's a great call out. That's a great call out because you you just, you have to constantly be monitoring it. And I mean, it'll be like a kid. It'd be like anyone has parents or anyone who is a parent having kids, multiple kids. They're constantly, you know, this isn't fair. 
right? Why the younger so get that? Why the younger one that? gets all the love, right? The older one, I get none of the attention, right? Mm-hmm. And you all are always picking on me. Like it's 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 just like parenting and that parenting dynamic of when you've got multiple kids, you're it's a daily thing. You're constantly assessing it. You're trying to figure it out. Like, and and for you in practice and games, if you get the sense that the freshmen are kind of getting elevated a little bit much and it's starting to create a little bit of an imbalance. You have to balance that back out. And, right. and, and then maybe you find moments where, yeah, you know what? Maybe the freshman did get a double double in this game, but it was really the, the ability to kind of keep a cool head and a very calm presence. Even when the opponent made that run that helped us win. And that was led by the seniors and their experience. Right. And maybe after this, because of the last couple of days and the trends of them getting the attention, I'm going here today. I'm not praising the double double. Yes, it's praiseworthy. Absolutely. I'm not going there in this talk. In this talk, I'm praising the the veteran leadership. That yeah, kept the people that did, that did the dirty work made the extra pass. They're the ones that that maybe defensively allowed that person to get a rebound where they didn't actually get it, but they were the one that slid over and provided the help that created a badge. You know, all those little things, like, like you said, it's, it's a great point is when you have moments like that, you can turn to the other things you value in your program and spotlight the individuals that are doing that at a higher level rather than just a stat line. The last thing I'll say on this is kind of going back to the vision part. So the vision part twofold, in my opinion, one, the vision of what we're trying to create right? As you just alluded to with the green team and all that. Absolutely. That that's the one part. Cause you're one of, you're going to want to do a great job with that. And that's part of the culture and the foundation. We want to be people that are humble, that are willing to accept coaching from others. And the other vision, I think you can throw in, if this is an experience you're, you're experiencing right now with this dynamic, young, old, and that all the nuances we've been talking about, you can point to actual championship teams in pro sports that they actually the the infusion of young and old in this mixing of the two is actually the championship dna and recipe to win championships in the pro sports leagues right you look at all the different sports leagues and the teams that win there is this mesh of young and old it's really fascinating. And like in the NFL, for example, it has to be that way because of financial implications. You need these players that are high performers on rookie contracts right, to be blended in and mixed in with the veterans that are a little bit more costly on their second or third contract. Same in, same in basketball. You look at a lot of these teams, you get these, these young guys that are in like their one to three years that have all this energy that are playing on a low contract that are doing all this work, you know, running around, have great energy. They bring this youthful, jovial vibe to the the program and it elevates the team. And then, but you also have this, this group of veterans that are on the veteran contracts that are mentoring, that are growing, that are providing that we've been here before. This is what it's going to look like. And then you've got a variety in between. I'm not kidding you when I say this. Go to every championship roster over the last 10 years in all the major sports, and you will see this major influx of young and old coming together. You need both. You need that youthful vibe, jovial, just, you know, that youthfulness, yeah. that, that, that fountain of youth. You need that. 
but you need that older wisdom, right? Veteran and that leadership. experience, that veteran leadership. And that is what is all across the board. Okay. Yeah. And the Lip young this. and the young people keep the old people young. Okay. Mm-hmm. The old people keep the young people focused, right? Yep. And that is actually how you build championship teams. I'm telling you right now, if you've got that dynamic of the young and the old, and it's like, who's getting the spotlight? Tell them to understand, listen, we actually have orchestrated and constructed this team perfectly. Now, granted, in high school and all that, you're not actually orchestrating it like a GM, but cast the vision that our dynamics in this roster that we've got these talented young people and the, you know, talented, but experienced older folks, you know, the veterans in the group, this is actually what championship rosters look like. Right. You're, you're changing that perceived challenge and now putting it to them as like a strength. Like this is a big competitive advantage for us. If we really do well in both these roles, I mean, we've got everything that you're looking for. We've got that championship DNA. This is what GMs get paid millions of dollars to create teams with this type of hybrid nature that we are gifted right now. Yeah. We can't spoil it. We don't want to ruin this because this is good. And we don't get to run it back after this year. No, this is a good thing. So I think that's the other dynamic, right? Because, oh my gosh, I'm I'm actually going to dig in deeper on this after- I'm, I'm actually going to look at some, I'm going to look at some of the past rosters, you know, and, and like some of the, the past ones that I think about, you know, like, you know, you, you look at like the, the, the LA Rams. I know that that's a sore spot for you being oh, a St. Louis guy. They, they, they were the last Super Bowl, but like, you know, it's the combination of the Andrew Whitworth on the line. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He played this a huge role in that. Huge role. Like, I mean, he was just this father figure all throughout that kind of led it. But then you've got this younger, jovial, you know, the Odell Beckhams, mm-hmm. right? And, and the Ramseys. You've got these younger guys in there, but then they're they're surrounded by the older veteran. And look what happens, okay? You, you take like a Golden State Warrior. You've got this youthful, jovial Jordan Poole, right? Yeah. Who's, who's not afraid of anything. Probably is like, you know... He's, you know, young people, they, they do the best with what they know. He doesn't even know to be nervous, right? He's just so like young and just like running around. But then you've got the older veterans that are kind of like, hey, we've been here before, right? It's this mix. It's this really, really dynamic mix. And, and underclassmen, yeah. upperclassmen need to recognize, hey, this is actually what GMs try to create on rosters. If Memphis wins it all in the NBA this year, the guy that is probably the missing piece for them is not a stat line guy, would be Steven Adams. You've got all these great skill players all across the board on their first contracts. Great job of drafting. You bring a guy like that, and now they're number two in the Western Conference. We'll see what happens. But a guy like that, you know, strikes me as the senior, right? He's coming in and has a role. He's a role player, but probably the missing piece. So a lot of great teams that you can use, as you said, to illustrate this point and this concept with your team. Yeah. And, 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 and when they see it and they, they hear it in that way, just like here in this conversation, it's like, that's a good point. That's right. a good point. This is actually how championship teams are constructed with the young and the old. But once again, there's a difference between being constructed as a champion on paper and actually executing it. So GMs two can draw things, two different things. GMs can 
draw it up on paper and, and put the pieces and make it look, but the players have to not ruin it. The players have to build it. And once again, getting out in front, having mm-hmm. conversations, taking advantage of some of the things we discussed are going to help you take advantage of it. So it actually plays out the way you are hoping it plays out. It's in your favor rather than a hindrance to you. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Coach, is underclassmen versus upperclassmen. It's not a verse, us versus them. No, I think if you spin it correctly, you can actually allow it to be a strength of your team that everyone leans into and grabs a hold of and says, this is actually one of our benefits. Mm-hmm. This is one of our benefits. Let's no go. Doubt. Let's yeah. go. So, all right. Kyle, always appreciate you. I am Adam. Kyle, on behalf of the Lead Em Up team, have fun and lead them up.